This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Jackson's there, Billy did. The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Ruby and Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson. Clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Good evening, guys, and uh, welcome. I've got some old notes written down here, so it's all professional. Welcome to episode 91 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. As predictable as Donald Trump exiting his presidency like an absolute muppet, town departed the FA Cup, taking some pasty by the Cornish football superpower, Plymouth Argyle. Do you get what I've done there? Well, cosy. Here to view the game and look back on the week in Terrierland. I'm Football Land indeed. Joining me tonight, a man... Unlike Trump, still has access to a Twitter and Facebook account. It's oh, it's not called Dan Porritt tonight. It's called Jack Porritt. Good evening, Jack. <laughs> evening, lads. That's the young one who's been doing his homeschooling. Bless him. <laughs> Last week's heroic host and everyone's favourite ginger, though Lewis O'Brien may have something to say about that. Author, that part, podcaster, <laughs> woman's football expert. It's Brady Frost. Oh, I don't know about the last one, but yeah, cheers for having us on. And tonight's special guest. Booted off our screens last Saturday, like Samantha from Sex and the City in favour of the FA player, his ex-real radio phoning host and BBC Radio Leeds, finest Jonathan Buchan. Evening chaps, how are we? Johnny, did they ever find the real radio renegade, mate? That's what I want to know. Never, mate. They never found it. The amount of times when you went out with real radio and people would just sing the theme tune to you. It was, uh, if you had a quid for every time I needed to go and work for the BBC, I could have carried on, couldn't I? Johnny, Tingley FM it were known as to many of us. <laughs> yeah, it was. Tingley yeah. FM, mate. What a place. Good times. Many years ago now. I know. I remember Emily News, bless his soul. Lee, yeah, that phone, and he was such a great guy, wasn't he? I, uh, yeah. 
I find it sad that he's still kind of not with us on that as well. But yeah, move on to the game. So obviously, Johnny, you were there. An mm. average age of a town team, 22. I've got all my stats at so 22.3. I don't know how you can have a point three of an age. <laughs> but yeah, so I suppose I'll come to you first, uh, Brady. We're out of the cup. No surprise, really, for anyone who... It seemed to, a lot of town fans, to me, seem to be kind of shocked when the team news were announced. But anyone who kind of watched the uh, kind of press uh, conference on Friday, Carlos had said what he was going to do. But there seemed to be a lot of uproar on social media. Maybe just people didn't kind of look on the official site. Can't blame them, really. They churn out some rubbish, don't they? But, yeah, <laughs> so it seemed to surprise a lot of people, that lineup. But if you knew, you knew. And really, I suppose your first thoughts, what did you think? Especially when you saw the bench, because I think a few of us must have thought we were going to have, you know, kind of maybe some big hitters to come on and he just won it. We're just like kindergarten, man. Yeah, no, I mean, you you, you touch on it there, uh, Cosy. Like, yeah, I wasn't surprised. I mean, Corbran, did he announce what seven of the people who were going to start? Um, yeah, I wasn't surprised by the lineup. I, I think, like you say, it would have been good to have a, a bit of a, a couple of game changes on the bench. But I mean, since it's come out, there seems to be quite a few injuries or people need to have a couple of scans. But yeah, no, I thought it was good. Um, I'm glad Phillips started. Um, I think we started really well. And um, I was thinking, oh, hang on, this this could be quite easy. Um, and then second half, I'm sure we'll come on to it, but it wasn't the best. But um, I think they held their own for quite a lot of the game. Um, I think, you know, what's disappointing for me really is the fact that we were ahead twice and we ended up losing the game. It's still the youngsters. It's still a good opportunity for them. And, you know, I think a few people certainly made the case for themselves to, to be in the squad for the first team. I'm sure we'll come on to who, but yeah, it, I think it's, to be honest, I kind of sum it up. I was disappointed that we lost in the end, like I said, being ahead, but given how crazy the season's been, I mean, we just had 12 games in 43 days. I do think in a couple of weeks we, we won't be that bothered, but still, you never like to lose and be out of the cup at the first opportunity. No, pause. Uh, I suppose when you tuned in, it, like I say, it was exploded uh, onto the scene did uh, town with the start obviously got pegged back went back in front again but I suppose when you what we often got what we first thought mate when you when you looked at that Twitter thing and thought wow that is that our lineup what were your thoughts proud mad first thought were who, who are these who, who, half of the team I didn't even <laughs> recognize um yeah, in, in some ways, yeah, proud to see academy products coming through. Um, I know we discussed like who we'd sort of play on previous pod. Um, I do think I, uh, maybe Einstein's a wonderful thing on this on this bit, but I maybe a bit more of a hybrid team with uh, you know two or three at least you know first teamers, people like Pritchards maybe um, who've got a you know bit of a point to prove. Might be looking for a move. It would have been a really good opportunity for them to to get some game time and you know show off the talents or lack of um, in Pritchard's case. But sometimes when you've got a a team that is literally full of youngsters, you do need a couple of older heads on there. I know we had Ben Aver in goal, but as a keeper, it's pretty hard to influence the whole, you know, the whole pitch. It would have been nice to have a couple of older heads on there. But in saying that, we got off to a really good start. Um, like you say, similar to Brady, I thought, oh, here we go. This, you know, shouldn't be too much of a problem. But in games like that, experience does count for a lot. And second half, it, it looked like Plymouth sort of not they didn't old manners as such, but you could tell that they had a little bit more. A little bit more experience and town were a little bit naive at times, but again, that just comes with probably due to being younger. I think when you're probably playing in under 23s and um, that sort of football, the result isn't the most important thing, it's all about the performance. And they'll, they'll be coached to play 
the way you know that they're told to play for the ninety minutes, and sometimes when you get to senior football, you've got to be able to sort of change that tact a little bit and, and be a little bit more uh, a little bit more thoughtful on ball, and you know rather than playing a pass forward and everyone charging charging up, can we just hold on to it for you know thirty seconds and just let everyone you know regroup and find the positions and stuff? But overall, there were some there were some decent decent performances. I thought Aaron Rowe did really well. Took took his you know scored a great goal. Um, Played very much like Peeper for me, which is nice because it's kind of an immediate swap. You could, you could sort of could tell that he used to be a winger, like to get forward, defending at times. Lead, you know, led a lot to be desired. They seemed to, to get down our right hand side quite a lot, uh, especially in, the, in that first half. Uh, Pat Jones, I thought he did well. Uh, he looks, he looks a decent prospect. Uh, one, one thing that I did notice, and uh, maybe something to pick out is, I did notice the, the sort of the physique and the build of pretty much all the players. They seem very very slight they don't look to be very strong you know there were no like power out I know they're only young but you know like big physical strong guys uh, we, we've seen it with Edmunds Green uh, in the last you know match where you're thinking you know go put your head on it and you know use your body to muscle out or centre forward but it's been a bit of a thing from town I can't think maybe Delroy Face is the exception but apart from him anyone that's ever come through ranks at town seems to be really skinny and I don't know, maybe it's some diet, or maybe that's just not how they build footballers these days. But when you're when you're a young lad playing in a in a man's, you know, sort of standard, for me, if you've got a little bit more bulk about you, it just gives you a little little bit more of an advantage. Um, so maybe that's something that we can look at. But I need to come in my kitchen, mate. I'll invite him in. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll put him some bulk on. Don't you worry. Get my biscuit tin and uh, everything. Johnny, when you got to the stadium on Saturday, did it feel? I mean, obviously what. When, when there's crowd in and there's th- third round of a cup, depending on who you're playing, to me, it's always a bit mm. kind of flat, really, and that as well, and obviously no one in, but did it feel any different to you, kind of rocking up there? And I, I mean, the kickoff time for one was a, a weird one. Weird. Yeah, um, yeah, that was, that was the weirdest factor. That was the weirdest factor, because you kind of time, what time you meant to get to a game. So I kind of arrived three hours before kickoff. We go on air an hour before kickoff. So I was like, well, hang on, what time do I need to get to the game today? Then I think I got there about quarter past two and sat in the car park for about an hour waiting for Oggy to arrive before we could go in. Yeah, beat the traffic, went and got a Greg's and then sat there waiting for Oggy to turn up. Um, But I don't know about it being subdued because they have all been subdued lately, obviously. But I think that for me, when you looked at the side and I know Matt Glennon said this, you know, he said it was disrespectful to the cup more the bench than the actual starting 11. And as you say, none of us were surprised at the starting 11 because Carlos told us, didn't he? You know, a couple of days beforehand. So that's no major surprise. I agree that I think I would have liked to say a bit more of a hybrid. I think that you throw all those young lads in there like that and then you have a bench as they did with what Schofield, probably the most senior name on the bench. You are asking to go out of the cup, aren't you? Let's be perfectly honest about it. You're asking to go out of the cup. You can you can have full faith in these youngsters and think that these youngsters are going to be able to beat a Plymouth side. And they, they ran them close, obviously, and they played well in spells. But to not have those options, at least on the bench, or a few, just three or four options on the bench to come on and make a difference, says, well, if we're losing this game, it doesn't really matter. We don't need to change it. We'll just have the kids on there. You know, that was the most dis- disparaging, I suppose, aspects. Good to see these lads get a run out. Always love to see good young lads get a run out. But I just think when you throw that many of them in there together, you're kind of asking for a bit of bother. I wondered, and, and I'd be interested to see what you guys thought, I wondered what the team selection might have been and what the reaction to the team selection would have been had it been a great a game with fans in. 
Do you know what I mean? I, I wonder whether I wonder whether it was a bit of a free hit because there's no fans in. They're not going to moan that much if there's all these youngsters playing. Whereas if you'd have played that team and you'd have played those kids as well on the bench and there'd have been 10,000 there paying 15 quid a pop, I don't know, whatever it would have been for an FA Cup game. I wonder if they would have gone with such a young side. I don't know. It's just a bit of a thought that I, that I had. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I've got to be totally honest. I'm, when I saw what, you know, the team were going to be on Thursday or Friday when his press conference was, my gut feel, I think I've put a message in our group also to back me up. I've not just sent it after the event. <laughs> like, what, I can't believe, you know, what we're doing here. And, and you know, are we missing a trick against a, you know, kind of a winnable game? But I suppose the big thing was after, and again, he mentioned it, didn't he, that out of the, he's, he's made one change out of the last five games before that. And I think he said, what, it's seven players or five players they would not even had the full training session last week because they've all got niggles and knots and stuff like that as well. But I'm sure there'll be one or two that could have played. I mean, obviously, yeah. tonight, me and Matt had a bit of a ding-dong on, on Saturday night. Med, your that was great. It was good. Uh, really good. <laughs> uh, like talk spot. Sorry for uh, lowering the Saturday <laughs> the programme. But I think my, my kind of point was, would, because he was saying, like you said, a hybrid team, but my argument would be, I mean, it, would, it sounded like he won't fit anyway, but would someone like Alex Pritchard give a shit uh, half past eight at night, running out, trying to influence a game to kind of turn against Plymouth Argyle in the cold and, and stuff. And I know Matt was shouting, I can still hear him now, to be honest. He's a professional <laughs> footballer, but I just I just didn't see, I suppose it might be irrelevant anyway, because it sounded like half of the team were you know, kind of not fit anyway. But I, I think in an ideal world, I think maybe, yeah, we could bring him on, but I want to... Kind of frustrated. I did think the second half got away from us. Really, I thought we were in it. Obviously, first half, second half. I I thought they were worthy winners. Could have won by a few more. I didn't really feel we were kind of in the game the second half. But I don't know. I, it really seems to have split the fan base really because mm. a lot of. I, I think if I didn't poll today, I didn't put one out. But like it would have been 50-50 split because a lot of people are kind of saying and it's dangerous stuff because you know our town season can they never seem to be dull. But you know, we're not going up. We're not going down. This was an opportunity to kind of move forward. And I just don't know as well, for me, because I'm not, because we're not going to go, it didn't really matter if we won or lost. I know it's money for the club, but I ain't, you know, you're not sat in front of that TV on a Monday thinking where we're going because we're not going. So for me, I, my, it's not the appeal of the third round for me anyway. It's not like it used to be, but it would even less because of the circumstances. So I suppose I've kind of gone around in a bit of a tangent, but I I want, I want so sure, to be honest with you. Brady, I don't know what, what kind of you think, but it's, you know, it does seem to have split the fan base, don't we? I can kind of see the old school just, yeah, we should have, in this one, an opportunity. We were not going up, we're down. Why didn't we do more? But what, you agree? Yeah, I think I think it's tricky. I, I Going back to Johnny's point, I, I think if fans were in the stadium, I agree. I'm not sure if that, you know, that lineup or certainly the bench as well might go down so well. But, I mean, we look at, look at what happened with Bournemouth when he made all those changes and to us it was kind of, you know, chucking in the towel already and, you know, 5-0 it could have been a lot more. But, yeah, I, I agree. But I know I know we keep banging on about it. I know I'm sick of talking about it, but I do think this season's just crazy. You know, they're playing... We've, we had, you know, three-month break or whatever last season. Um, you know, it's not looking good with cases and we seem to have, all we've learned is to play the same amount of games but in two, three months less. So... Really, can it's, I say something controversial? Yeah, it wouldn't have happened, but why not put? A, I mean, again, I'm, I'm tempering it with obviously what he said after with players not being fit and training and what have you. But would you have kind of put a stronger team in this week and a weaker team against Watford 
you know, I know we're better at home, but that is it's kind of a tough game. I know the league's a bread and butter, but just looking where we are in, in our season, circumstances and stuff, would that have been a better movement? Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's a good point. I, I don't know. I, I think the league, the league for I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd love a cup run, but I think again we talk about I'd feel you feel a bit attached for it because for me, the FA Cup, I mean, you know the cliche, but it's about the fans, like the third, third round is about the fans, like, you know, Marine, the fact that they couldn't have fans, you know, Crawley beating Leeds 3-0, which made me feel better about this result, I might say. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just, it doesn't feel as much to me, especially the cup, because the cup is about, is about the fans. But I don't know. The, the only thing I'd say is two things, really. If we'd, if the team, if the youngsters had won, which given the first half, it looked like they potentially could have, um, I don't think we'd, we'd care. I, I, but I also think if we played someone from the first team and they got injured, I think everyone would be kind of going, well, why did you play him? Because he's crucial to our season. Mm. And to be honest, I, I think it was an opportunity for us to see players who, who you, you thought well. well. I thought Jane Brown played decent as well, certainly for the first half. And I don't know. I think it was a case for people to step up into the squad because, again, we're having injuries left, right and centre. And I think it was a good opportunity for that game. Um, but like I said, I think the most frustrating thing for me was we're ahead twice and we lost. But, you know, certainly for Plymouth in the second half, you know, they deserved it. But they did play the full team as well. Like they did, It's not like they played a week inside. So it was a, it was a tough test in fairness to those youngsters. Pauls, what did you... Uh... A lot of kind of let's get to some kind of individuals, really. Obviously, you mentioned a few there. D'Amico Duane, I don't, again, we don't want to pick out individuals or kind of other court people, but you were one of the more senior players that we had out there. And the one thing I just don't like, you know, pause that. I, I don't know whether it just looks different on TV and stuff, but when people lose men, but then don't bust their guts to get kind of get there and get back, it does wind me up. Let's, let's be honest, since he burst on the scene, that first game, you know, obviously in the, the Seaver reign, I think one, one, that the uh, the win against Wolves wasn't his debut, am I right in saying, but I don't know, maybe I'm being harsh, but I don't know, I'm just not feeling feeling that this guy is going to be Huddersfield Town standard, really, and uh, I think he's it's not looking good for him, mate. No, I think the, the desire thing is, you know, it's the absolute minimum expectation that you could put in. And you've, you've got to look at the situation on, on Saturday. Like you say, he's one of the most senior ones on there and he should be almost bringing others up to his level. Um, and you know, like you say, you know, he didn't, he didn't, sort of, didn't sort of do that. But it, it comes back to that, you know, the will of the player. And if he's already sort of made inroads into the first team, he, he, does he have a bit of an attitude that, oh, it's all right, I'm already in kind of thing. And these guys have got to, you know, overtake me. Or I think a mindset of a footballer is... Is a strange one, really. We can all sit here and say, "Oh, you know, if I played, I'd be doing this, I'd be doing that, and I'd be doing other." And that's because we're fans, and you know, that's our dream to do that. When you're in that position, you know, and you've been in that position for for a while, it's easy to to become complacent, even as such a such a young player, especially playing with players that are sort of below him in in a pecking order. You know, as a as a club sort of structure, there they're probably below him. So I don't know. It's it's it is a funny one, but Saturday were a really good chance for. For those youngsters to, you know, sort of put the name in in Carlos's window, so to speak, he obviously will work closely with under twenty threes because due to his, you know, uh, what he did at Leeds, so he's obviously used to working with younger players. The, the ethos of the club of wanting to bring these these players forward, and 
like Brady said, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Because if you win that, all of a sudden these these eleven players that played and, and you know subs that came on are the next best thing since you know Man United '92 squad. So that's how football can be. And now because we've lost to Plymouth, all of a sudden we're questioning whether they're good enough. You know, it's it is a big step up um, from playing down at Canal Side to playing in a stadium. You don't know. Some of them will be nervous. It's on. It's not on telly, but it's on FA Player where. A lot of people, I dare say, if you tuned in to watch Huddersfield Town the Plymouth, you know, you need to get something else better to do if you don't support one of them two teams. But you see, it's always in the back of your mind, isn't it? You know, there'll be a lot of players watching and a lot of people watching, sorry, and it can just unnerve them a little bit. So, you know, maybe a little bit. Well, it, it could have been even worse if there were people in the stands, though. Well, I'd, yeah, that I'd is prefer true. to have people sat watching it on telly rather than in the stadium, I guess. I think. I yeah, think we've, had, we, and we've had that conversation before, haven't we, about the, the players who yeah. you know, thrive on the atmosphere and players that thrive on being able to do it without any pressure yeah. kind of thing so it's, it must have been a funny situation for those players to be making the debuts I know if I were a player and if I were making my debut I'd want it to be in front of fans and, and all that sort of stuff so psychologically I suppose for me you mm. don't know what they're going through do you yeah Johnny were there that, that'll be good enough for some other people and that as well I'll tell you what <laughs> we're interested now I went I listened obviously to an interview uh, on Saturday that Oggy did with uh, Romani Critchlow and mm. he was and his, his enthusiasm I absolutely love and he just comes across, you know, when you hear it, this guy's a guy who's tuned in, he's up for it. And it would interest I've been waiting for this game for weeks. We have been waiting. It kind yeah. of made me think that they had a lot of people, them guys must have known that they were going to be in, you know. So yeah. part of me thinking, you know, when, when it happens, like, God, they're going to, a couple of training sessions, just sling your kind of 15 strangers together and expect them to beat a team who's barely made any changes and we're doing quite well and uh, you know, Lowe's a good manager. And, and so it sounded like that. There has been a kind of a bit planning to go into this game. So I know you kind of mentioned the injuries, which I just don't know whether that was a, because Oki did give him it kind of a little bit in the interview after. I don't know whether that was a, this is why I didn't play him and, you know, kind of thing and that's all. But it sounded like to me that this were always going to happen anyway. And it was, it was interesting. Johnny, anyone catch your yeah. eye uh, in a township that you thought, you know, maybe, well, this, I want to see more. Well, I, I agree with what you're saying there. I think they had it planned for a long time. You know, that when when Romani said that, both uh, Romani Critchlow said that, we, me and Matt sort of looked at each other as if to say, oh, right, okay. So this has been coming for a long time. It's not necessarily down to the inju- injuries that Carlos has just told us about. So it certainly was always part of the strategy, I think, to have a team very much like this, whether it was always going to be this inexperienced or not, I'm not sure, but it was part of the plan. So you would have thought they'd been working on it behind the scenes. In terms of standing out for me, um, Roe, obviously his goal was fantastic. Um, I like Jones as well. thought he looked lively, thought he looked really dangerous. And even though he had, I would say, probably a fairly quiet game, I, I thought Phillips, the little glimpses that we saw of Phillips, the full debut, was that his, his full debut? You know, I think, yeah. I think for me, like I say, slightly quiet, in terms of the game, but he had a couple of little things that he did that made me go, oh yeah, there's a player in there. There was one point when there was a ball played up towards where it was meant to be towards him. It was wayward. It was going towards the centre-half and he came across the centre-half, got a little flick on it and then was around the outside of the centre-half and behind him before the before the centre-half even knew what to do. Now, I know it's only a League One defender, you could argue, but you'd be looking at someone like Phillips and saying, well, he needs to be going out on loan to a, a League Two club probably. You know, that's his next step of development, in in my opinion. I'm, I'm a big advocate for the players going out on loan as opposed to just playing in these these B team games, these 23 games. I think they get so much more from actually going out and playing for want of a far better term, man's men's football, for want of a much, much better term than that. Um, but you know, when the results actually matter. So for me, they were the three that sort of stood out. I agree with you on Dehaney. I thought he was particularly poor out of all the players out there. I thought he was probably the one that, that stood out the least. Um 
But for me, yeah, I think I think Phillips looks like he's probably got a bright future and Jones does as well in particular. And if he can hit a ball like Roe does, or certainly did on that occasion, then you're probably going to be all right as well, aren't you? I just wonder how many of these will be able to make the, the championship um, yeah. impact that they need to be making this or next season. I, I just question that a little bit. Interesting. Brady, any uh, comments coming in? Yeah, yeah. So we've got quite a few. So like, cheers, cheers for getting in touch. So... Uh, Ronnie says, I'm not actually that bothered we are out of the cup, but in my opinion, if these young lads, 17 to 19-year-olds, are that good to play against Plymouth, then why not send them out on loan to League One clubs? Kind of touching on what you said there, Johnny. Uh, we've got a guy called Darg saying, as if the cup matters, it should do. Oh, it's only the cup. We look incredibly arrogant. Despite a couple of seasons, uh, the cup still matters to a club mm-hmm. like us. A lot of people agreeing with you, Johnny. Uh, you don't know what, you know. You can agree with us, guys, whatever you want to say. But uh, HDFC <laughs> says... Literally, what about. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Literally a couple of first-team players on the bench and we go through, in my opinion. These lads, the young lads did well. Don't get why people care about the cup. We're not going up or down. Um, Phil Marston said, remember so, not so long ago, fans used to moan when we drew a so-called big side and they played the reserves. Uh, that can only happen to rest players. This only happened to rest players who needed rest. And uh, James, uh, James Whitaker said... Corbyn may need to call on a lot of these B-team players against Watford, given injuries and COVID isolations. Against Plymouth, he needed to know they were ready so we can rotate the squad. Players selected against Plymouth were not match fit. Agree with him there, because Critchlow knackered it towards the end. Um, don't think Dehaney or anyone else has that attitude problem. Harster suggests so, in my opinion. So, yeah, keep, keep the comments coming. Just on what James was saying there, just to pick James' point, Carlos said afterwards that he wanted to grow the squad. So he wanted to use this game to grow the squad, which I understand, you know, that's a mentality you need. You know, if you're going to have to rely on some of these players, if you're not going to be spending big in January, fair enough. But surely the better way to grow this squad would have been to have two, three, hopefully four FA Cup games by sprinkling it, you know, and having a couple of those key young players that you are looking to involve, maybe a a Jones, maybe a a Romney Critchlow, you know, those sorts of players and then get through in the cup, and then you've got another opportunity to play them again, and then maybe get through again. You've got another opportunity to play them now. What what other opportunities there now for them to grow this squad down? There isn't. You're into the league now. The only way an opportunity now comes around is when you know you're not going down and you know you can't go up, and then you've got however many games at the end of the season to, if you want to roll out the kids for every game, you can do. That's your prerogative. But I just I think it shot themselves in the foot a little bit on that one because there's no wiggle room now to grow that squad. I don't think. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I said that on Saturday, Johnny Tune, and I after on the phone. The only thing I'd say, Posse, I've been hearing rumours again. One or two people who might know something, but apparently there's some long-term injuries going to be announced pretty soon. Uh, rumours of Sa, Hogg, and uh, Romanian on screen. I don't know how true what what is true is, but so what I think one of the guys said there, who's kind of measured with, is they're going to probably get opportunities now. Probably force, really. Maybe Carlos forced his hand, but I think we're going to have to be needing some of these guys. I know January, I'm just kind of looking at the fixtures today. It's not, we've got Millwall and we next week. That, that's a midweek one, but pretty much after that, it's one game a week. And obviously, we've got the rest with Bristol City, uh, you know, game off now because of the cup. But I suppose some of these guys are going to have to, you know, get an opportunity now and uh, let's see what they can do in man's football, as uh, Johnny would say. Yeah, we, we squad as it is. I mean, it's, we've said only a thousand times. It's just it's a tight squad, and it, it's interesting that you know, you know, as we've commented on before, Carlos seems to be reluctant to to switch players around uh, front bench during games. You know, he's, he's got five subs that he can use, and very rarely does he sort of 
bring any of them on. It's it's either very, very late, but Jag usually pops on around 75 minutes uh, for a little cameo appearance. But after that is it's only if someone's really forced to, to come off or you know last five minutes here and there for, for these younger players. So it is a tough one. It's a tough one as a manager because like you say, you want to see these players in men's football. Um but then like Johnny says, you're shooting yourself in the foot because you you you're losing an opportunity to maybe Bud them in later on, later on in cup, and then you've also. I mean, it must be something that's been pre-agreed that this were all right, um, you know, by the the powers that be in the chairman seat, because we're constantly told how much money we're losing, yet we've effectively played a you know a reserve team in in a cup competition, whereby getting through it would bring a lot of money. So I would imagine that you know Carlos and Phil possibly had a discussion regarding. You know, I won't say is it all right to play these kids kind of thing because as a manager, it's your team, your squad. You should be calling the shots. But you know, if I were Phil and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, we could do with a couple of hundred grand in here. This cup run could be a way to get that. Hang on a minute, what's he doing playing this team? You might have, you know, you know what feels like. He might have something to say about that. So I don't know. I think it goes back to what Brady's already mentioned. You're damned if you do and damned if you don't because if those kids have got through, all of a sudden. You know the the world beaters and and brilliant. So it's, it's a fine balancing act, isn't it? I think the cup in general is not is not what it used to be. It seems to be a bit of a common theme now. I think certainly since Champions League came in, the the big clubs in Premier League are more focused on that. Um, and I think that started to filter down filter down the the pyramid as well. You've got your maybe ten teams in Championship who will prioritise trying to get promoted over going far in FA Cup. It's not what it used to be and. You know, a club like Town probably, you know, then other ten in Championship are probably thinking we'd rather stay up than you know have a run in FA Cup and similar in Premier League. So top two divisions don't take it as seriously as what they probably should actually. Because I, I've always said, similar with League Cup, for for somebody like Town, if that is the, you know, the thoughts of the top forty clubs in the league, for someone like Town, it's a really good opportunity to you know put themselves on map and you know maybe get through to a quarter final and there or say even a semi final, but. You know, you take each season as it comes, and you you you're thrown into situations that you might not think you're going to be in. And we found ourselves in a situation where we've got a small squad, probably seeing an opportunity to play these youngsters and and taking it. And in in some respects, it's backfired. And in other ways, Carlos will have learned a lot. The, the people that played will have hopefully learned a lot. So, you know, in that respect, you say, well, it were probably worth losing it. Pause. I've just got to say, your background—it looks like National Football Museum of <laughs> Town. You've got Johnny there, who's Ideal Homes exhibition, uh, virtual <laughs> exhibition, beautiful little window there. He's got his telescope out. Look at them stars on our posh, uh, posh suburbs of Leeds. Uh, what did you make of Alex Fayeco, Paz? I, I thought at first he might have been my old car. He switched it on. He was chugging about, starting. Is it going to go? Is it going to go? And then once it got going, it was good. And to be honest, it's really interesting. Uh, I think the examiner, the votes that they do, they give him the man of the match. It was interesting as well. He kind of dropped back to centre-back and that as well. One thing I'll say, kind of with a little bit of knowledge, is the the, the team that he played at in Spain, I mean, and, and he didn't play, you know, he hadn't played there for a few months. Honestly, it's chalk and cheese. It's all right, it's called in Segunda's second division, but honestly, you're talking like League Two standard in Spain. And they played, the team he played for play a proper direct style, so he'd get the ball and launch it. So I, he's got so much to do to kind of get right, to get to kind of championship standard. And I can kind of understand why, even though people have been saying, why ain't Carlos playing him? So, but I just thought we saw some good signs there on, on Saturday. And uh, I think maybe he might use him a little bit more and that as well. He looks more, he is the kind of defensive midfielder, anymore, more, but 
it's nice to have a little bit of centre-back cover because they're dropping like flies as well. I thought it were good, mate. Did you? Yeah, I thought, I thought it did all right. Um, he didn't sort of stand out as in, wow, look at this guy, look how great he is. But he did he did what he needed to do and, you know, he did it well. Um, it was interesting, Carlos did say afterwards that they played him as a centre-half due to, I, I won't say lack of fitness, that's probably doing him a disservice. But he did, I think he mentioned something like he's not quite ready for that central midfield role. Um you know, it's a little bit rough, rough and more tumble than he's probably used to in, in Spain. But if he can fill in a, a job in that in that centre half role, um, then you know, brilliant. If, if he can start to play the ball out from there, it obviously fits in with the style that Carlos is wanting to play. So, yeah, didn't didn't wow me and you know get me overly excited, but equally didn't I didn't think hmm, you know I'm not sure about this guy. So, yeah, he did, did all right, yeah. Johnny, well, so what I want to ask you is kind of interesting because I'm a bit of a nerd with it. I love it. Um, obviously, no crowd, quiet. Mm. So all I ever hear on my TV is Paul Ramsden shouting his head off <laughs> and what have you. But you know, like when you've got the opposition media, you see it a lot in Spain where, go, and it's like, think, hang on a minute, guys, you're meant to be neutral and you're watching, <laughs> seeing like media going nuts with like Real Madrid score. I'm thinking, guys, you're like not fans, you're there as broadcasters. Do you, have you had any kind of this season where, because I know BBC commentators are boring, aren't they? Like, so, but, <laughs> but any of that's kind of lost. You're just thinking, wow, they're getting really excited. I mean, for example, what were the, uh, what would it be down there, radio? Uh, well, no, they weren't allowed to travel. You see, we're not allowed to go to away games now with the new oh, restrictions. So we we so for example Watford this weekend for us our commentary will be done from our studios uh, and we'll be empathising with you all because we'll be watching it on iFollow oh, and doing so the commentary from there. Anymore, not allowed. We're not allowed. Uh, BBC bosses, uh, the hierarchy at the BBC have decided um, for our safety uh, and for public perception that we shouldn't be travelling up and down the country. We can do home games. We're not allowed to travel to away games. That's across local radio. Um, we're hoping that that'll be lifted as soon as it's safe for us all to do so. Um, so that is the state of play for us, frustratingly, at the minute. Um, but it does allow us to really properly empathise with you a lot because we realise how lucky we've been to go to games. Um, so it's caused a bit of a, a technical headache, but we think we've got to the bottom of it. We think we've got it sorted. So I'm sure you guys will let me know if it isn't working properly this weekend so you can let us know. And we'll right. definitely let you know if I follow isn't working because we've... Well, I don't know what I'm going to do if it don't work properly yeah. this weekend. <laughs> One of my agenda points, I'll bring it forward in that as well. So obviously we had the debut of the FA player and I remember dropping a little message into our group saying, wait for the storm, that's going to happen with that. And you know what? It was the total opposite, wasn't it? It was good, was it? It was really, really yeah, good. Not really just because you went on it, Johnny, and commentator were a bit kind of dull, to be fair, but it's, it made I follow look amateur, didn't it, really? Did you think it was a lot better, wasn't it? Look what happens when you chuck money at something, you know. Yeah, like, you've taken the words out of our mouth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. Like, they just, I don't know, it was just like, from a user perspective, it was really easy. Um, you create an account, it's done, it's sorted, and you just log in straight away. I think, like, it was just, they've invested in it. They've invested in, you know, get, making it work right. I agree with you, the commentary wasn't exactly uh, as good as it is with you guys not to kiss your ass, Johnny. But um, <laughs> like, apart from that, I thought it was great. I mean, I was, to be honest, I'm kind of gutted we're out of the cup because I'd be happy watching it on there and uh, I follow for sure. Well, that's, that's let me just mark your cards on that one and for all of the listeners as well, because we're not able to provide the commentary for iFollow now for away games because of the fact we're watching it on iFollow. So our commentary will be slightly behind iFollow, <laughs> which means that we can't provide it. So your options this weekend are you'll have Radio London commentary on iFollow. Uh, you will just have the ambient sound. Or if you're very clever and you pause your iFollow and have the radio on, 
you should be able to sync them up because we'll be behind the pictures. So you should be able to sync them up, but I'm, I'm letting you all deal with that. We're not doing that for you individually. We just physically can't do it. So they're your options this weekend, just to let Danny, everyone I'll, know. I'll do your commentary now. Dear Carby, <laughs> he's wide. <laughs> he's gone for a throw-in. He's fallen. No, Wow, that's uh, I didn't really know that. So that's uh, interesting as well. But yeah, it's been interesting, really, kind of with the commentary and stuff, haven't it? Because I mean, I, I've kind of one I watch is you never know who you're going to get in that as well. And some are really good. I mean, the FA player, the guy on Saturday, was making me laugh. He, I don't know whether people tuning in from around the world, but they were like, well, this your town used to be in the Premier League. I'm like, hang on a minute, mate. We're only like two years ago. <laughs> we're talking like we were back in 1920s with Herbert and his uh, flat cap and what have you, but. Yeah. I, I thought he did a really good job, to be fair. To say we played such a different side to what we would usually be, he, he must have had, um, he must have listened and, and done a little bit of research. Well, I think that most of those kids were playing because he, yeah, he had a lot of knowledge about them, to be yeah. fair. So he kind well, of rocked up a couple of hours before, like you, you know, and being like, oh, who were, who were they? You know, quick Google as he's going, kind of thing. <laughs> was, it, uh, was it a guy called Rob? Was it a guy called Rob? Can you remember? I can't remember. No. I think because they were only him as well. There were no summarizers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No co-commentators. Johnny, how hard is it? Let me take you back to your like really Sheffield days. I remember when you did that. That your first game of Rotherham B. Oh God, I can't remember who. Crew. 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 Crew against Rotherham was my first BBC game. Mate, and you've got obviously like look up. How hard is it? So when you're doing a live commentary, when you wouldn't have known any Rotherham players apart from looking on the internet during the week and the crew players. Yeah, yeah. How difficult is that? Because it's really again, sorry, Bore, everyone with Spanish football, but they stream all their games on YouTube for the second division. And the guys, I know the guys kind of one or two that do it, and they get paid absolute peanuts. So honestly, mate, you'll go long pauses with guys that don't know the names because some yeah. of the shirts are horrendous. So it'll be like quiet, quiet, and then and then when they get a striker, oh yeah, someone was on the ball, and it just kind of looks really, really amateur. I'm- and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win... Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Difficult, is it? Maybe? It's, it's incredibly difficult. It's really difficult. I mean, everyone thinks they can be a commentator, I think. Most people think they can be a commentator, but it is legitimately a, a skill to be able to do it and to be able to do it well, you know. Oggy is an absolute thespian, isn't he? You know, his vocabulary is ridiculous. He uses words that I look at him across the across the empty seats between us now and think, where on earth have you plucked that one from? But it's a perfect word for the time. Um, it is a real difficult skill to have. And going back to the lads at the weekend, I think it was like called Rob, who I went to university with, who was a year below me at university. And the reason he knew 
about the players and the likes. It all comes down to your research. But the reason he knew is because he looked at the team sheet and thought, I don't know any of these like, ah, these young ones because you know they're not involved. So what he did was he listened to our build-up from in London on his phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just about your research. It's just about your prep because he knew we'd be talking about the players, who they were and all that sort of stuff. So he, he used us as a facility to be able to learn about them. So it does come down to to the research, to the prep, to the hard work. I mean, I feel for the the chaps and I'm going to be doing a couple of games, town games in, in a few weeks' time and Augie's on some leave, one of which will be the Middlesbrough game off the telly. And they're the ones that are going to be more difficult. When, you, when you're at a game, player identification, I personally find oh. you get them quite quickly, you know, the boot colours and mean, all that sort of stuff. Because I follow, I don't know if you've watched any of it, but it's incredible. So they'll be like, it'll show a replay and it's really good that we show replays because the Sky stuff doesn't do it behind the red button, but the trouble is they'll show it for ages and then next thing, you you can hear in the background like, whoa, 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 and then something's <laughs> like a shot, it's like, bloody hell, you've lost like 10 seconds play, so watch out, mate, you're going to get absolutely mulled on that, man. Well, give us give us a bit of leeway, guys, and give Oggy and Matt a bit of leeway this weekend. Don't go hammering them too much. <laughs> oh, man. I think if Oggy's not there, we should get Cosley and Matt to do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Taken yeah, off the air. Brady, he's finally signed, mate. Much height. Well, the Instagram video were quite something that town did. And <laughs> Rolando Arons and straight on, mate, straight on for his debut on Saturday. Obviously, you wrote a nice piece about him last week. Uh, what can you tell us, mate? Because I think a lot of people are thinking he hadn't played for ages. Wickham didn't want him. And but what more is it? What can we expect, mate, from him? Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I, well, I think I kind of said it on Twitter, so apologies if you follow me if I'm repeating myself, but when I, when we first heard about it in the summer, I was like, mm, right, okay, top target, doesn't sound that great, but researching the piece and speaking to, uh, so I spoke to a Wednesday fan, Motherwell fan, um, Wickham fan, and Newcastle fan, and particularly all these loan spells were like, yeah, he's really good. Um, you know, and he works really hard and you'd, he's a bit unpredictable. And I was like, I was quite taken aback because I was thinking, well, you know, you look at the stats, he's made six appearances there, 10 appearances there. Um, so, yeah, I think he kind of, I, I've changed my opinion on him. I think it could be a good signing. The only thing is, given how crazy the season is and given how he's not really played, I do feel like we might feel the benefit more next season, a bit like with Coroma, kind of like get used to stuff and come back and make an impact. But yeah, I think I think he's um, I think he's, he's quite a smart move, really. Um, I think you've got to give him a bit of I think you've got to give him a bit of um, bit of time as well because end especially January, with loan spells, he's done. <laughs> yeah, end of January. That's it. Yeah, Watford. If not, um, yeah, I think you've got to give him a bit of time, really, because these last loan spells they've only been for half a season, and he's barely played for injury or choice or whatever. I mean, Wickham Wickham fans said he was he was a class above League One. Um, Wednesday fan said he'd have him back in a heartbeat. Motherwell were like, you know, yeah, he was he was only here for a bit, That's but he, he, yeah. he did make a difference. Um, it's just he's not he's not played he's not played anywhere permanently. He's not played for Newcastle since December 2017. And I know we talk about how loan spells and like we look at Emil Smith Rowe and how great that was for him and how he's kind of kicked on. But I ju- I just think for for a lad who's not who's not had a place to call home and not had stability for three years, mm. you know. It must be tough. I know they're footballers. I know they get paid a lot, but it must be difficult. And I, I do think, you know, based on all the chat, I thought he gave a good interview. I know the player interviews, you can always get get a bit swept up in it. But I think having that stability is really important to him and having a role in the team and feeling feeling valued. He will be a key player of the squad. And 
I think the the biggest if is is the injuries. Obviously, we know what Corbrand's intense training sessions are like, and he's he's got a bit of an injury record. His hamstrings a bit, you know, not the best. So we'll kind of see. But I think it's really low risk. His contract was out, you know, up at the end of the summer with Newcastle, and I do think he's going to offer that unpredictability. I, I think it, I think it could be a good move. I'm not going to say like oh he's going to be the next Carlin Grant, even though he took his number, but. Um, I think we might be impressed, but I wonder if it's going to be next season when we really he really kicks on. It's really interesting. He's put, he's put a video out like he did it on, on his Instagram. He must back himself anyway. Because, <laughs> wow. You know, for a player of his stature and how he's had a footballing career, to, to put something like that out is a bit much for me. But maybe that's just oh, a modern-day footballer. Oh, at least he's a confident fella. You know? You're getting old parts, man. You is that got, what it is, mate? That's what it is, mate. <laughs> what happened to us on mate? pitch with Scarf? Look at AC Milan's team, how they announced their team, and I've tweeted it out, mate. It's incredible, it's incredible, mate, isn't it? But I suppose going back to Aaron's, we needed a winger, didn't we? And Brady, you made a good point there. I was going to bring that, but he's not featured since 2017. Honestly, I know a couple of Geordies who absolutely loved him. They love what this guy could be something special, and obviously, he's kind of lost his way and stuff. But from his point of view, getting a two, what is it, three year contract some roots, some chance to put down. It's his first kind of move, you know, without the loans to a permanent club. I'm trying to, I'm not I'm trying to hype him up, but I'm just trying to, this point of view, I, he's keen. And I'm sure I heard him say that he's watched all our games this season because obviously yeah. He, yeah, he, didn't sign, he didn't sign, obviously, in the last window when, for whatever reason, kind of move broke down, whether, you know, believe what you hear, who's side. But the fact that he's, he's still kept keen, he still wanted to come, he still kept, I think I saw him quoted with, Roman's been asking about him how the training sessions are. This is a guy who's ready to go. Yeah. And I, I'm really pleased he was kind of thrown on on Saturday, which is a kind of a big thing, really, because we've seen about Vallejo there having to wait a while for to get used to the speed. He's straight in. So I think he could be good. And we do need a winger, don't we? No, well, definitely. And I think, um, you know, again, I kind of go back to that interview he gave, but you can see when he gets, um, he gets genuinely excited. And there were, I the question was, but he's like, Oh yeah, I was just thinking when I was in that game, here's what I'd do. And you can tell he's keen and he wants to get involved. And look, I think the biggest thing is, you know, he burst on the scene in the 2013-2014 season, you know, scored that goal against Man City when they'd just got all that money and he looked like a young, promising talent. And obviously, given injuries, given going, given what's going on with Newcastle, I mean, that's a bit of a basket case anyway. He's got a point to prove and, you know, I don't I sound like I'm hyping up the club here, but that's exactly the type of player I want at town. A young a young player who's got a point to prove because, you know, we've shown. I mean, you go to that FA Cup game, we'll give youngsters a chance and we'll give players a chance. And I think that's all you want. You want a young, hungry player who's gonna gonna contribute. So, you know, fingers crossed. Um, oh. the, the only thing I'd say, I mean, he's 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 twenty-five, so he's not that young. Yeah. You know, he's not he's not a eighteen year old, nineteen year old kid. You know, he's made, what, 30, 30 league starts, something like that, um, throughout his loan spells. Um, and I think that injuries are a problem. You mentioned hamstring Brady and injuries certainly have been a problem. I spoke to our colleague up at, at Radio Newcastle, um, Matt, and he covers Newcastle and said, yeah, you know, he's undoubtedly a talented player, but he has got problems with injuries. He has had problems with injuries. You know, you hope that that's behind him. But as you've mentioned, Cosy yourself as well, and... Brady, you know, it's an intense regime at Huddersfield Town at the moment. How many injuries are there in, in the camp right now? You know, and we've been told there's a couple more So from Carlos's interview at the weekend. So you do look at it and think, mm, you know, how are they going to have to 
be a little bit careful with him that they don't overload him, maybe. Um, and that, and we know that they do be careful with people such as Vaya Hill, as you've mentioned. They don't throw people in until they're they're properly ready. But uh, yeah, absolutely hungry. That's what you want. You want someone who wants to come and make a point. But again, he's 25 and he's only made 30 league starts as a reason for that. You know, um, that would be my only concern over it. That would be my yeah. only concern. You hope it works. You hope he's, ta- he's, he's definitely got the talent and he's definitely seemed like he's got the right attitude. You just hope it works out, don't you, on the other aspects of it that all need yeah, to come together. Right. I think that we wouldn't have him if he were like, well, if he's still smashing it. And yeah. Newcastle tonight's evidence because they're dire mm-hmm. on that as well. Pause when we get back in. Here we go, mate. He was running down the wing tonight. He's dynamite. <laughs> what do you reckon? I like it, mate. I like it. Too old, isn't it? 70s. I like league, it. Isn't it? I ain't going to cut it with you, young ones, and that. He's kind of closing on the uh, FA Cup. What did you guys make of it? I know you, Pozzi, you said it wasn't like it was, but I read an article like today, and there's a lot of kind of, a lot of people were saying it's in audible time at the moment, and it's been a great release to see kind of some of the stories. I, I honestly think, I know it's, People might be shouting, but one leg, extra time and penalties. I think it's just a one-off this time, isn't it, for the third round, just because of the situation. But I thought it added to it a little bit. And there was some kind of heroics. I mean, the Marine game was always going to throw up a story, wasn't it? And the guy with the clock caricatured. It. The one thing that did get on my nerves that night, I don't know if you watched it, but Dion Dublin, how patronising was he? There was so much patronising commentary that I heard on that game. It's like every two minutes, you were like, Ian Wright was the same. You were like, oh... He's a builder and he's a plumber and that. Guys, we know you're non-league and stuff and that as well. I just thought he were kind of a bit disrespectful, really. I don't know. A few people kind of tweeted about it who were kind of non-league journalists. Some of these guys complain. People got to remember where some of these guys come from. Like, you know, Jimmy Vardy, obviously, they're one of them. But I don't know. I thought it was a really good weekend. Obviously, not for us and not for uh, Leeds United. But if you look around, there were some, there weren't many outstanding games, but there were some stories, mate. And I don't know. I thought the cup kind of showed a bit of quality. What the 6.8 million viewers on BBC would again, terrestrial TV football, it does the business, doesn't it? And that as well. I think we miss that when it's on on these different platforms. I think it's, um, I, I think for fans, uh, FA Cup is, especially third round days, is, is, is great. I personally, you know, when, when draw comes out, you see like Marine v Tottenham, I were like, oh, it were obviously going to be on TV. And I were good that fans weren't there because that sort of games, I'd, I'd much rather, I know it sounds silly, but I'd rather watch. Marine v Tottenham or um, Crawley v Leeds and then maybe Manu v Man City because it's, it's just random, isn't it? And like you say, literally all could happen. You had folks stood in the back garden. I think there were three women drinking Prosecco. Uh, don't think they read the rules on the alcohol inside of the pitch there. I don't know how they'd enforce <laughs> that one in someone's back garden. But it's just different, isn't it? And you, they go to the town and Butcher's got, you know, Rosette up on Pig's Head in window and all that sort of stuff. And it, it's just a little bit of a different... It's a break from the norm, and you know, mainstream mm. media is is pushing out my United, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal. You know, because obviously that's the most popular stuff, and and for little clubs to get you know that windfall and that did to sell fifteen thousand virtual tickets, I think at Marine, yeah. which will probably keep them going, 000, for, didn't going for years. Marine um, cop some stick pass, doesn't he? But he will class again, mate. What he does. The training notes, it reminded me because he did that with Jacko, if you remember, didn't he? When, uh, yeah, he did full then. research on him and, and stuff like that. But Marine lads, wasn't there with that training note? It was massive, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair play went up, you know, he could have, you know, with the situation and stuff, he could have quite easily gone, do you know what, I'll send the backroom staff up and, you know, yeah. keep myself safe down at, well, probably not safe in London with that, so I was going like, but do you know what I mean? It, it would have been quite easy for, for Tottenham and he, he played 
you know, an half decent side there as well. So they showed him, you know, showed him a, a decent mm-hmm. amount of respect there. But I, I do agree with what you said about Dean Dublin. Um, it were very quick to, you know, sort of talk. You know, as a teacher, as a bin man, and all this. Yeah. You know, maybe stick to arms under the hammer, Dion. He was probably eyeing own. up the houses, wasn't he? He was probably eyeing oh, yeah, up, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like here's, just here's the stairs up to the bedrooms. Yeah, yeah, the stairs up to the bedrooms. And, yeah. well, they don't, they they don't have the cup on it, do they? Why are they join the fourth and fifth rounds together? They, they, they yeah. do everything they can to knack it up. I get, you know, turn around or what have you, but there's nothing worse than knowing kind of... I used to hate it when you had them wintered, when they wintered games off, when they were game of frozen off. So you kind of knew if you beat this and they were playing all this and that. I just thought, again, last night, we got kind of got a bit of an eye for the weekend. And then they join two rounds of it. That just kills it, mate. And yeah. And other to, to ruin it. Why? I'm, I'm with you on that. I wouldn't have drawn the two rounds. I think the, the only thing I'd say about the one-legged affair is that, you know, if it was, if Marina had managed to get themselves a draw, you know, and then gone out on penalties or gone out to an extra time goal, you know, that would have been, and if, I'm talking about if fans are in here, that would have been horrendous because, you know, they'd have been able to go to, you know, the new Spurs stadium if there'd have been the, the replay in there. So I wouldn't necessarily personally scrap the replays full stop, but I get why they're having to do it this year. I understand that you've got to leave some room somewhere to fit other games in, as we're seeing now, aren't we, with, you know, look at Brentford, they've had a couple of games called off today and I'm sure there'll be other clubs that are actually going to be a little bit concerned in the coming weeks. So they've got to leave a little bit of wiggle room in there this year, but I wouldn't want to see that permanently. I, I quite like a replay, even though sometimes when I've had to go and cover the replay after a drab nil-nil in the first first leg I suppose and you've gone oh no I've now got to go down to South End next Tuesday for the replay you know that that is a bit of a stinker but we'd give out for a couple of our Ex- exactly yeah I know I know I know I'm not moaning it's just more of a flippant <laughs> flippant observation anytime soon <laughs> any more uh, comments coming out there uh yeah so um just a couple of comments about Aaron's. Uh, James has popped up again. I think the revelation of Karoma, Renaissance of Vimbenza and signing of Danny Grant has meant there's less pressure on Aaron's as a top target and that seems like a shrewd signing. Uh, HTFC won't be able to judge Aaron's properly until he's had a pre-season. Could be a decent signing because Carlos will improve him. Look how many players he's already in improved worries injury record and Cosy, I don't know if this is your Spanish burner account but um, someone said <laughs> vamos Terriers hola Cosy is number one so I don't know what you've been doing while I've been chatting mate yeah. get, us a <laughs> get that address Brady and I'll come on for some beers when we can fly out of country I'd just go, give up to go to Scarborough at the moment never mind <laughs> it's, uh, which brings me nice on the next topic so obviously this pandemic is getting worse rather than better and there's been a lot said I think in the last week Started with Steve Bruce, who I kind of see, uh, kind of a little bit agreed with him that kind of the model, it just seems immoral that kind of football, professional football is carrying on when there's kind of no one else is and that as well, professional sport. So Nuno Espirito Santo, he were kind of saying as well, you know, where's it all kind of heading? We need to get a task force together to chat about it. Some people have been saying like Sam Allardyce about a circuit break. Again, you mentioned there, Johnny Brentford, they've lost the last next two games. With the COVID outbreaks, Sheffield Wednesday had a COVID outbreak. Well, basically, he's not good, is it? And I just don't know your views on that as well. I mean, it's a difficult one because I just don't think a circuit break would make any difference to it, to be honest with you. I just think, I get, I mean, oh God, there's no one likes sport more than me. And it were well, hell on earth when you're just having a live sport. When, Germ- when that German came back, that German football came back, remember that first weekend? 
incredible at Augsburg v Schalke were like Whoa. but <laughs> but obviously the stuff it's got to be about the safety kind of the players but then you've got as well players behaving like proper dickheads and stuff like we saw some <laughs> parties and stuff and I suppose chucking it out there to you Johnny what do you think it's going to stop I, I don't know I think we might just ride the storm but the, I mean like obviously in Scotland uh, Sturgeon is I mean, the Celtic thing's a debacle, isn't it? Going to that for that training thing, and obviously, then the 13 guys missing last night. Mm. Far away, stopping, but we've got a football's got to watch out, hasn't it? I think they'll dig the heels in as much as they can. I think they'll want to carry on going as much as they possibly can. I mean, the government can obviously within their rights to stop it, um, you know, and cancel all elite sport, but. I think there'll be one hell of a fallout if they do again financially for Sky and all the broadcast rights and all those sorts of things that that would be far above any of my understanding when it comes down to the contractual details in there. Um, you know, the European Championships coming up in the summer. Imagine all the money that's involved with that as well. I mean, imagine that even trying to take place at the moment is is baffling, isn't it? To think that that's even going to take place, but you can't you can't see them pushing that back because that, that would have a knock on effect to the next World Cup as well, because um, it would have a knock on effect to the next Premier League season. So there's so much to take into consideration if you do start pushing things back morally. I don't talk about morals in football. There's a lot of reasons why football doesn't really have any morals. And, you know, there's a lot of different factors you could throw out there and say football lost its morals many, many years ago. So I don't think that's one of the factors that they'll necessarily consider. Um, and safety of the players is ultimately it. And not even necessarily the safety of the players, but the safety of the players' families and all those sorts of things. And if they abide by the rules, that shouldn't be too much of a problem. But I know Grimsby have just been fined, haven't they? You know, for breaches of COVID regulations at their training ground. Um uh, it's it's a real mess, but I'm I think I'm leaning with you, Cosy, and saying that I don't think a break would actually make much of a difference right now. I think there's going to be some clubs that would like it, and some clubs that would hate it, and some clubs that want it, and some clubs that don't want it. Some fans that do, some fans that don't, you know, all those kinds of things. But I think everyone needs a little bit of entertainment right now. I know some of the games that are on telly are absolute garbage, aren't they? At times, but. You need that, don't you? You need that bit of entertainment, whether it's the telly, the iFollow, the FA player, whether it's on the radio with us, you know, something you've got to try and keep people's heads up somehow. And if that means that football does carry on and they have to move games and they have to, you know, clamp down on certain clubs and they have to have players that have to isolate for 10 days and all that, well, so be it. Um, if you can keep it going, it'll keep the mood of those people who like sport and elite sport. It'll keep that a little bit higher, won't it, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, I mean you could argue that a, a circuit break would actually do more around than good because... At the moment, say if you're if you know if you're a footballer, you you go to training, you're in a you know allegedly COVID secure environment with all people who have been tested mm. uh, for you know I don't know all the train for say six hours a day and stuff like that. So and then all of a sudden you, you don't do that, so you you stuck at home. So what are you going to do? You're probably going to keep your fitness up by going to a run to a park. You know I would, I'd imagine they have sort of home gyms and stuff like that, but you you can't just live in your house. Can you? People will go out and. You know, they'll have kids who are potentially be in school, so then they're bringing it in. And without knowing exactly where you're gonna, where these footballs are picking it up, I do think if they, if football wants it to continue, they may have to say to to, to football teams, right? Well, you have to set up camp in a hotel then, because mm. if we're going to play, you're going to play. We can't have it both ways, where clubs are saying, "Well, hang on a minute, half of my squad's got COVID, so we don't want to play this game." Because what happens in when COVID disappears and six months down the line, Man United turn around and go, hang on a minute, we've got six players that have got an hamstring injury and yeah. I want to pick all them six, so why can't we don't want to play? I know it's a little bit different, but 
by cancelling games because you've not got a squad available for whatever yeah. reason. I agree with that. You either play or you don't, don't you? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's either, Positive. yeah, with football, we want to carry on. Well, look at Villa. They played with an under-23s in FA Cup, but they've got the game cancelled, the league game cancelled because they've not got a full-strength squad. Well, you played your FA Cup match, so play your league yeah. match. You can't just pick and choose when you want to play and when, and when you don't. Oh, and okay. Some of the managers are older as well. I think there's a bit of personal responsibility on them if... We all have workplaces, I'm sure. You know, some people can go in and some people can't. But the, you know, the rule of thumb at my my particular place is, if you feel that you not, it's not a safe environment to go into an office, don't go in. And I would yeah. say, to Steve Bruce and Sam Allardyce, yeah, you're old, you're vulnerable. Make a decision, make a stand. If you're that bothered, don't go in and moan about it. Say, no, I'm not coming in. I'm, I'm, mm. I value my life over Newcastle United Football Club, and that's right. No one could argue that that is not right. So. Morally, as you say, Johnny, I think that's our window. It'll be determined by money, and if we're gonna, if the footballing pyramid is gonna lose a lot of money, they'll keep playing for as long as feasibly possible. I think, which Paul, is wrong in, in a way. So, Matt, I want to ask you about Paul still because again, I don't think I get it. I think the Britain outlet to the club saying about goal celebrations, just watch out, and I just don't know how you can do that. It's an emo- it's an emotional thing, and I think people that don't understand or has never played the game, or maybe I don't know, just not kind of has got that emotional pull. It's like, well, it, so I know Marine got into a bit of trouble because obviously jumping about and just doing that with a bit. But I just think when goals go in, it's like players aren't just going to like, oh shit, stop. No, we can't do it, lads. That's just going to still happen and stuff, in it? I just, I don't know how they're going to stop that. And it's a, that's ridiculous though because if you think about it obviously it's outside but you've got like when you're at a corner you're man marking everyone and you can close obviously <laughs> yeah, exactly. when you're outside yeah. you can still but it's just ridiculous and, so and they I, all I and they all train together yeah. they all train together though exactly. don't they I mean yeah, they Sheffield United Sheffield United scored tonight and the first thing I saw on Twitter after Billy Sharp put the ball in from the penalty spot was oh the government's watching this you know and these players they look at it and there's six of them all surrounding I'm like They've played 75 minutes of this game, right? And they've trained together and they've travelled together on a bus, right? You know, just come on. Let's let's just be a little bit, have a little bit of common sense about this. I'm not a scientist and they might shout me down and Pretty Patel might come and knock on my door and tell me I'm doing something wrong. But, you know, let's just have a bit of common sense about this. Those guys are in close contact with each other. Them celebrating for 30 seconds after scoring a goal isn't going to be the defining factor as to whether one of them gets COVID or not. It's not going to be, is it? Just to have a little bit of context to that, you know, football celebration and everything like that. I coach under 12s in Uddersfield Junior Football League. And obviously, when that when junior football restarted, we had to have, you know, the COVID signings and it's all secure and wiping, you know, best we could basically to, to keep it as safe as possible. And we played for, uh, I think it was three or four months, and there were zero reported cases of transmission whilst playing football. So, that to me, if, if it's not happening in kids' football, why would it all of a sudden have on the pitch? Obviously, it's mm. different. We don't go in changing rooms, we don't all train, we train once a week um, rather than every day. But if these players are being tested and you know negative, as you say, Johnny, why why would it be any different celebrating a goal than sitting on a bus or in a tactics room or having yeah. dinner? Or, they've got come in three buses, apparently, haven't they? That, that's a new rule, and that as well. But, but even then, even then. In Madrid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That were unbelievable with that one. <laughs> the thing is, though, is I uh, think... Johnny. Sorry, go on, Pop. Ready? Sorry, sorry, mate. Um, Johnny, can I ask you a question? Because I, I was yeah. uh, listening to Stephen Chicken's pod actually. Um, because they were kind of arguing basically that you know 
similar to me, I was against football coming back originally, but they've seen that it can done it safe. Yeah. You can do it safely in kind of cases. I do think just quickly before I ask you the question, I'll do a Matt give an answer, but um, <laughs> like, I do think as well, we had, we had Christmas and obviously the rules were a bit loose and I think that's why we've got so many tests and yeah. testing more, so more tests are going to come up. But you've been to the games. Um, mm. What Chicken and Hartrick were saying were actually having seen it and been to the grounds, it's actually, you know, compared to what, like workplaces and offices, it's, you know, so much more better. The, the restrictions, mm. you know, the pro, so much better. And it's actually safe and safe for footballers. Is that something yeah. you'd, you'd agree with? Yeah, totally. I actually had that conversation with, with Stephen and, and Dave at the weekend. Um, socially distanced, of course, when we were waiting for the game to start. And um, we all had our masks on and we all stood at a distance and we were outside in the open. And, you know, and this is, this is kind of the the frustration um, that, that we've had with not being able to go to the away games and, and we fully get it. You know, there are bosses that are there to make decisions to keep us safe and, and we'll abide by those rules. But, but our response to them when, when that was put to us was hang about. So now we're going to sit in a building and do a commentary off of a TV screen, socially distanced and all that sort of stuff, rather than be outside in the open air at a social distance doing a commentary. We felt that that was safer, but the people making decisions weren't necessarily the ones, and I know for a fact they weren't the ones that have been to any games. But what you're saying, Brady, is, yeah, I think it's a very safe sell. Our, our building at the BBC is incredibly safe. You know, we've got fantastic protocols in place to make sure it's incredibly safe. And, you know, there's been a couple of, of COVID positives in the building, but there hasn't been any spread of those COVID positives, which is the main thing, isn't it? You know, someone's going to get it. We've all got kids, people have got kids and people have got families and people have, you know, other hours that work in the NHS or our teachers or whatever. It, the chances are, if you work in a building with 100 people, somebody's going to get it in that building. But what you've got to do is have the protocols in place to stop it spreading. And, and luckily at the BBC, we've done that and football clubs have done that. And that's exactly what they're there to do. You know, when you arrive, I'll talk you through it. You arrive at the you arrive at the stadium at the John Smiths. You go and collect your pass from an outdoor ticket office. Or it's in one of the ticket booths. You get your pass there. You walk into the front building one by one, individually down a little cordoned off area you have your temperature tested when you get there by a member of st john's ambulance who are doing fantastic work you then they write that down and mark your name down you then sign a sheet of paper saying have you had any of these symptoms and all that sort of stuff and you then walk through and walk up and straight out into the stand there's nowhere for us to sit inside you can go and use the toilet if you want but, but you, otherwise you sat out in the stand in the open air and then after the game you've seen oggy with his long pole doing his interview like that with carlos afterwards and the rest of the guys all do it on a zoom um, I know that was one of the things that came out of the Crawley game at the weekend. Leeds United didn't do any post-match interviews and they felt they weren't comfortable with the setup down there because they were doing socially distanced huddles. And when you looked at those social distance huddles... Yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. But they actually said it, to be fair to them, they said it a few days before the game. They said, we're not doing any post-match. So right, I will okay. give them the credit there. Um, but they did social distance huddles. And when you looked at it, it was social distance for the manager and for the player who had been interviewed. But for the 15 guys doing the interview, they were packed in like this doing it. And Leeds United decided, hang on, that's not safe for the media. We're not going to do it. And fair enough. You know, I felt that was the right call. And Huddersfield Town have managed it excellently, I will say. They've managed it really well from top to bottom, from those people who you'll never hear from to those whose names you might know at the football club. They've handled it really, really well. So, yeah, I'd agree with Stephen and David, definitely. It's interesting, Johnny. My mate covers a game in Spain, so they get 15 minutes to write the report up, slung out of the ground. So we were in his car the other day doing a Zoom press conference with a manager and I mean, he's carding like minus two and that as well. It's just, they don't like mess about, sign the similar protocols as well. But I think the gutting thing is, though, Neil's going to be right. I can't believe he's going to be, but I don't think we're going to, there's no way I don't think we're going to see a game this season. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? I can't believe yeah. it. 
I don't, I don't think you will either. I don't think you will. I I, I came to that realization back end of last last year, calendar year, I think. You know, sort of heading towards the back end because it just and and this won't be popular, but I think it's probably the right thing to do as opposed to I was at um, the Bournemouth game with you know with your boys and and there were fans in the ground that day and um, it was all looked safe, relatively safe from where we were, but it didn't feel right when just because the numbers were going down there. You know, that you had 2,000 people in there, they had 1,800 in, I think, that day. Um, it just didn't feel right, it just didn't sit right. My, my view was block it off, say sorry, I'll have your money back for your season tickets if you want it back, or if you don't, keep it and we'll carry it on, or whatever, however you want to do it. I know the clubs have the different finances to make up and all that sort of stuff, but block off this year and go, do you know what? Let's all come back with a bang in August and actually have a real good, enjoyable start to a football season where everyone's back in again, as opposed to drip feeding and annoying some fans because they're a, a blue or a white side of the ticket or a claret and amber, as, as Bradford City were proposing doing, you know, just it just didn't yeah. sit right for me that it was trying to force people back into grounds that were obviously going to take the opportunity if it came to them. Just didn't feel safest. It's an argument for another to it. It's going to be discussion there, but I think we, we, what government did with that is you know, trying to keep a bit of a popular. Oh, this is what they want, so we'll give them a little bit with that. Yeah. Then we'll take it away again. If you know what I mean, and yeah, yeah. I think that's probably happened. You know, it's probably not the right forum to discuss stuff like that, but it's probably happened throughout. The, the whole situation that rather than having to make a tough decision like you say Johnny and say no we are stopping until yeah. August or oh, go on then we'll give you a right a little bit a right a little bit it's not a vote winner is it banning it's football not, fans from football it's grounds not, it's not you've, you've got to you've got to play the game on you as a politician and you've got to keep people on side while trying to make tough decisions but I do think not just in football but in, in life in general as we are now they just need to come out and say stuff because at the moment it's as Cosy said, it's it's seemingly getting worse before better. But you, people forget that it is actually August next season. The season starts in it's not May, so actually you've got May, you've got June, you've got July. Yeah, exactly. Got, yeah, you've got actually got an extra almost three months. Uh, you know, most of May, all June, all July. So it's an extra three months. And if you look past back summer that we've just had, cases went really down. So hopefully, if that trend continues and don't go back up next winter, we'd hopefully like you say being in a good position to just get everybody back in in August rather yeah. than messing around with 10%, 20% and all that sort of stuff. But I think what Cosy says is right, certainly about the players, I just want to sort of reiterate that point they made there. They are in a position of such responsibility as a footballer in general and especially this when there's people feeling it at home and not being able to go out and, you know, they're all of a sudden having parties and, and all that sort of stuff and you get the people who say, well, if he can do it, why can't I? And, you know, yeah. cause a rift there and then they go out and do it. And it, it's similar to these, you know, they've got a big influence, the influencers on Instagram jetting off to Dubai and Celtic going out there and all. He's, he's taking the piss really out of, out of everybody else. They're, they're in a privileged position that they can still play football as it is and mm. doing stuff like this. And it all seems very quickly forgotten for me. There's a little tweet or a snippet in press. Oh, you know, so X is really sorry. He didn't think it were a mistake. And not just footballers, Politicians have done it and other famous people as well. Um, but it all seems really quickly. If I, I'll do it, but if I send it a quick apology and everyone will go, all oh, right, yeah, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? And mm. I think footballers really need, if they do want to continue to play, they've got to, they've got to really be sensible and really set an example of, of how to act. It's going to be interesting. I, I just, it's, it's another one for another pop, but and I know obviously we hope in August things are going to be a lot better position, but clubs, we've bought, I bought a season ticket to watch I follow in a digital programme and get a shirt for with another scarf and a mug. That's all I've got out of my 250 quid I get. It's not the club's fault. I'll pay for another season ticket when they go on sale again, but I think they're going to have a struggle. 
I might be wrong here because people might be mad for it and I'm going to buy a season ticket whatever, but I think a lot of people, especially obviously jobs of going in pandemic and what have you and furloughing, I think it's going to be really difficult for them to sell season tickets, especially with uncertainty and we hope we get back in and because really we will be able to get 18, 19,000, 20,000 and stuff. You don't really want to go too much in it because you're going to take for, for the pod, but I think it's a bit of a, I think the clubs have got to be thinking ahead of the game because yeah, we all, I just don't think the world, well, it ain't going to be, it's said, isn't it? It's not going to, we're not all going to go back to how it was. So, yeah, some of us will get back in, but how it's going to work, I'm glad I'm not involved with it. It's bad, it must be a nightmare. So mm-hmm. just kind of closing the pod, we've got Watford again on Saturday, which is weird, oh. isn't it? Because we only just played them before Christmas and they were awful that day, weren't it? We proper took advantage of them and that guy got his P45 after the game and, uh, yeah, Cisco's joined the Spanish manager as well and, I think they've had a bit of a stop start because they had a game off with COVID and I think Man United, they didn't put much of a team out last Saturday. So it's a tough game and especially it sounds like we're going to have a much changed team and God knows, maybe some young guys, you know, trying to do us proud. But but again, it's a game I just think where we could maybe go, yeah, I probably won't have chances to get much out of it, but this is the championship in it. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, afternoon. I'm looking forward to it, but it's it's going to be a tough one, isn't it? So we're only six points off them and then a six spot. Here we come. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Like Watford, um, obviously, you mentioned it. We, uh, Ivic got sacked after uh, after we beat him. Um, but you know, they are a different team. They beat beat Norwich on Boxing Day. That I, I was obviously we do our, our preview pod. Um, I was coming out later this week, but I was surprised to hear Watford actually have the best home record in the league. So um, it might be a bit of a tough game, but. Who knows, you know, uh, I thought Pat Jones played well. Um, he might even be in the squad next week. So uh, maybe, you know, what is he, 16? He looks it, but he sounds like he's 40-odd. Um, maybe he might uh, make a difference. Guys, as David Miller used to say, red hot soccer chat, but it's all coming <laughs> to an end now. So just want to thank uh, everyone for watching, everyone for listening to the pod later in the week. Johnny, thanks for coming in and showing us your beautiful house that <laughs> 15 times more than my slumming living age. There's a team that is dear to its followers. Colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily And every ghost shall be a memory so town play up and bring that cup back to Huddersfield. So town play up and bring.
car Back to Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget, share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.